The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Now, I'm leaning because you still have a slight touch of the laryngitis, which I now have a slight touch also of laryngitis, but not as bad as you do. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. mine is uh, apparently decided to uh, live at home for a while with its parents. <laughs> and uh, Friday mornings when I woke, after I left here, I woke up Friday morning. I think you've transferred it to me, but apparently I didn't get it as bad as you did. But it's or been... something's going around, yeah. Or something's going around, right? Because yeah. right. um, I, I was sick before I left for the truck show, and a friend of mine was sick with it at the truck show, and he wrote me, uh, heard the show after I came back last week, and he was like, <laughs> "Oh man, did I do that?" And I said, "No, no, no. I was actually sick before I left. I felt it the day before I left," and. Uh, Two of my granddaughters um, were at the hospital yesterday. Both of them tested positive for strep. Oh. Yeah, oh. which I don't have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I have not seen those two granddaughters. I, we haven't been under the same okay. roof. Oh, my gosh. It's been uh, over a month. Well, I haven't got any worse since uh, Friday, and I didn't talk all weekend. So... That may happen when you yeah. don't talk. It just accumulates in there. And then, um, you know, there are times where it's been it's been clear, and I've had no problems talking at all. It's been on and off. But it hasn't got worse, and so it's been a full three days, so I think I'm going to be okay. But it's just like, you know what it could have been? Mm-hmm. It could have been just because uh, the flowers are starting to bloom. This could be just a reaction to the, uh, the allergies that are out there. Now. Well, um, my wife was fine until uh, – she woke up Sunday morning. She's got no voice at all. None. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. she's not coughing like I was. All she has is laryngitis. That's all but I have. Yeah, that's all I have, too. I don't I feel have bad. Been nonstop coughing at my doctor to the point yeah. of I was explaining that to her that uh, uh, going back and forth because we couldn't talk, uh, well, that what, I, I what have a, a pain in my right side. Yeah. Um, I, I was explaining to my, my doctor that I have a pain in my right side. I wrote to her on Friday 
And she said, you may have a slight hernia from coughing. Did you get into a coughing bout? I said, are wow. you kidding me? Wow. I, I was, it wow. was so bad. The coughing was so bad. Wow. At one point, I remember doing a story years ago about somebody who coughed so hard. Uh, they choked on coffee. They coughed really hard and passed out behind the wheel. And I thought, wow, that's that's got to be hard to do. And now, of course, I'm years older now. Uh, now, after what happened to me, I guess this was on Friday. Everything's just been a blur. Just a blur. And, yeah, because this, uh, this has been 10 days at least for you, right? Yeah, I lost my voice yeah. on uh, started. I was about where you were Friday a week ago. Okay. So Saturday right. morning is when I woke up with no voice. Okay. And then, uh, so, yeah. Uh, but Friday I got into a just a coughing fit that did not stop. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't do, I mean, I slept a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't change anything. The only thing I did change was I didn't go, I didn't do any heavy exercise where I'd be breathing heavily. I just didn't want to be breathing. So I didn't ride the bike or do the heavy exercise I normally do mm-hmm. just because I didn't want air flowing back and forth in the throat. But actually like, like right now I feel pretty good. I mean, it's just, there's a tiny bit, I think you can hear a tiny bit of it. Uh, I can. I don't know if anybody else can, but mm-hmm. and I can feel I'm forcing my voice just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. you know the funny thing is, it's amazing how because uh, I was thinking of this last week because uh, I, w- I was thinking, wow, I mean, it's got to be frustrating for you because you just wanted to go away because this is what we do. We talk mm-hmm. for a living, but when you talk and you talk for a living and you do it so much and it's so easy that once there's any impediment whatsoever, it's like. Yeah, just completely. I mean, you yeah. you feel just. A, I woke up Friday and I said, "Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh," just a tiny thing in there, and I'm like, "Uh oh, uh oh, I got what Eric has." And uh, and but it's just it's amazing how you just you notice it, and then how frustrating it gets. And then I was you know yesterday and you know talking to my dad, and he goes, "You don't want to talk long, do you?" And I said, "Just a couple minutes. I just want to rest it as long as possible." Mm-hmm. And it it's much. I'll tell you right now, just talking as I have. It feels like it's getting actually better. So yeah. sometimes that's the thing. If if you don't have it too seriously and you talk and talk and talk and talk, I it t- actually gets better. When I was at the uh, Mid America Trucking Show, I was talking nonstop. In fact, when I knew that I was going to lose my voice, because I, I over the years I know when it's happening. My doctor explained to me years ago, and ENT explained to me that it's it's a virus or a bacteria that attacks you know, essentially straight to your vocal cords in many cases. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes it's caused, uh, you know, in conjunction with another illness. Mine clearly was this time. And, um, but I could feel it coming on. And so I told one of our colleagues, I said, listen, uh, the bad news is, is that I'm going to lose my voice. And the good news is there is no good news. <laughs> and so we were on our way to, uh, I emceed a concert that night, but it wasn't like I had to, you know, I wasn't talking for two hours, but the next morning we had an event and I emceed that and I got through it, but it was not, it's not nonstop talking. You're not, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, um, my portion of it was roughly 40 minutes maybe, mm-hmm. but it's not nonstop talking. And from then it was pretty much, you know, uh, over because it was, I mean, I I just had to stop. The event was over. I was uh, on my way home Saturday night, and and 
it Wednesday or Thursday into Friday, it made a turn for the worse again. Uh, when I came in here Thursday night, I was like, you know, what the heck, man? It's not. It's, yeah. Well, it, it, hasn't, it, it hasn't got much better in the last couple of days. No, no, no. no and I have is. done. I did nothing over the weekend. Wow. Nothing at all. You know, it's, it's uh, funny because I look back and I had it once. Uh, at our when we were at the old ABC studios yeah. one night, but that was it, it cleared up. Uh, and remember that was the night I came in, and I was like, I stayed, and it's like, okay, I can't go on the air, but I did whatever prep work for the show, and it's like, okay, I'm getting out of here. And besides that, was one time when I had uh, the flu, and uh, that turned into pneumonia. But that I didn't know it was pneumonia though at the time, but uh, I lost my voice then, and that I think I was off for two days of work. Yeah, and so I started losing it Wednesday, and my boss said, "Go home, don't come in. Yeah. You, you know, you can't talk." Yeah, and then yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was back Monday, and that's it. And the thing is, that's something you know when you're in the radio business. You know how many times you've lost your voice. So when this yeah. happened on Friday, I went, "Oh my gosh, I can't have this," because I thought, "What are we going to do if Eric isn't be- better, and I'm going to go through this for ten days?" Yeah, we just can't do this. But luckily, it hasn't got any uh, any worse. So. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, this isn't, uh, it, it, it's not something that's long-lived. I don't know what the heck to think about the, you know, the viral part of it, because it's just, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just flat out tired and run down. You just don't feel good. But, but um, tons, I'll tell you what, the one thing, I know they always say it, tons of water. Oh, yeah. Tons yeah. of water. And typically this time of year, I'm ramping up my water anyway because I'm doing more things outside. But, I mean, it has been, I've gone through a lake filled with water. <laughs> well, at least one thing, you know, your kidneys are working well. Yep. That's a very yeah. important thing. No other, you know, the, that's the thing is there's really no other issues. The coughing and the congestion and the feeling tired and, the and you know, I mean, not that it's not enough, but, and the, uh. You know, losing my voice and, and laryngitis, it's not, it hasn't been, I'm I'm grateful that it hasn't gotten any worse than that. And hope, hopefully it won't be. They give you any good drugs? Nope. Oh, no. wait a minute. I forgot. No. I'm doing a national radio show. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, they don't do any. Uh, in fact, we're wondering because, you know, for viruses, there's really not, there's a lot of stuff you can treat symptomatically over the counter. So, she was uncertain. My doctor was uncertain uh, at one point last week, whether it was bacterial or, or viral. But uh, she treated bacterial, but we're not sure. That was the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but I remember that when you said you know, bacter- bac- bacterial or... Bacterial, yeah. Bacterial or, what did I say, bacterial? Viral. Bacterial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bacterial or viral. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Seinfeld episode. Oh, okay. I don't I can't, remember, I can't remember what I can't remember what Seinfeld episode it was yeah. when you said that I went, hmm, Seinfeld. Well, we got a great show uh, ahead. Did you see any of the masters? Did you see the trees come down? I saw the trees come <laughs> down. I was like, I got, oh. I got a uh, I got a news alert. I'm, I look up my phone. I'm like, what is that? What's going on there? You know, they've had just a, a torrential uh, rain there. But, I mean, they, they really do. They get a lot of rain anyway. I mean, it's... Yeah. You know, it's a very green part of the country. Uh, but at some point, uh, the root system, there was something that I don't know if there's, I don't know what they'll find. They have to, they're going to have to, 
bring out some specialists to find out if there's, I guess, if there's anything going on in the root system that would cause yeah, the root. Yeah, because it, it pulled those, it pulled them right out. Yeah. And you couldn't see, because you couldn't, sometimes when you're in the woods like that, you don't even hear the wind. You know, right. you, you don't feel right. the wind the same. Right. Right. My, my father, you know, around his house, it's like 50 mile an hour winds. I don't feel anything hitting the house. That's because he's got 40 foot trees you know, surrounding him that go a quarter of a mile back. Yeah, so, I mean, it, yeah. it, it blocks the winds, uh, the wind. But when I first saw it came down, I went, well, they had cleared it because I was turning in and out. I go, well, they, they had cleared it 45 minutes before. I didn't know. I, when I saw it fall down and the people were right there, there were people scrambling for right their lives. There, right. There. I'm like, oh my, the right one guy, the tree. yeah, the one guy was like, just he almost fell down. And he was just outside of it, but you could see he was almost crawling. Yeah. Like, oh, man. But the thing about, you know why they're able to, you know, play so quickly? You know, Mm -hmm. they have an underground system. They have a whole underground system, and you can hear it when you're there. That actually is on the greens, especially on the greens. And I don't know if it's on the fairways, but it's on the greens. It actually sucks the water out. It's underneath the greens. It sucks it out, and I think they can reverse it. To help keep the 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 moisture in it somehow, that they can do it both ways. Yeah, they can either dry out the greens or they can make them right. more than just watering or you know putting the sprinkler on. But, right, um, right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was asleep by the time that uh, the the winner John Rahm. So, uh, but um, uh, yeah, it was a, overall it was a, a good weekend. Lots of news uh, out there. We'll get to. Kamala Harris going to Nashville. This yeah. is just, I mean, this is just getting to be ridiculous now. I mean, criticized, you know, they went for gun control. Did you visit the survivors' families of the shooting? No. no. That's of no concern. What's concern is let's take the narrative. And this is the really interesting thing, but you get this. Jonathan Turley calls it the age of rage, hmm. you know, where everything yeah. is, yeah. you sell your politics by rage and you say things that are ridiculous for example as the democrats are saying uh democracy is gone in the tennessee house now is that true or is it the opposite of what they say because we've often talked about if the democrats for example we know the liberals antifa you and i were on them before anybody knew who they were mm-hmm. remember on the air we were calling them anti-fa <laughs> yeah. because we went okay they can they say they're anti-fascist anti-fa and it's mm-hmm. like antifa mm-hmm. no it doesn't doesn't make sense it's got to be anti-fa <laughs> and and we had said early on well, they're the fascist we now know that anti-racism is actually the new racism Anti-racism is you judge people by groups and not individuals. If you believe, no, we should judge everybody by the content of their character. Uh, Individually, in an autonomous way, and skin color shouldn't matter, that's the new definition of racism. Well, no. And so the same thing for democracy uh, here, where uh, clearly clearly as we know, uh, those those three House members, especially two of them, were, you know, they brought the bullhorn. I mean, it's obvious. It's out there. You can see it. Yeah. You can see it on yeah. the on, on the, 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 the video. They've got the bullhorns or, you know, they're rallying up the crowd. The whole goal is to stop the business of democracy. Well, it's, you know, I, I remember somebody, I forget who it was. They were on a show. It was a late night show and they were on a show and they said, well, someone's race doesn't matter. 
and the flack that they got for saying that. Because we got, as a nation, we got to a point where we said, listen, we don't judge someone by their race. Right. And so if you say, if you take that and then say someone's race doesn't matter, in other words, you don't judge them by their race. <laughs> well, now you're racist. Now you're now now you're racist. But in the in the age of rage, it's let's the rage take over. So there's no chance to actually have any type of conversation. The rage yeah. leads, and right. you saw now it isn't now it isn't about you know what happened right. to Nashville or sympathy for the families or mourning the children. It's simply let's take the narrative in the age of rage, send the vice president there, she'll rage. Yet we all know if you have any common sense, you look at this and you say, well, uh, even if I'm gun, even if I'm pro gun control, there's no way because of the Second Amendment that you can change it. So what can we do to make schools safer today? Mm -hmm. And you say armed security, police officers in schools. Yeah, that's what will make them much safer today right yep and the left says no because kids are scared of guns right and we can't do that because then that's oh so more guns more guns well fine then you actually don't want a solution you want to rage that's all they want to do they want to rage they want to rage same with the liberal transgender activist movement did you see rally Gaines? we'll get to this uh also said she's gonna you know i'm she said i may sue the the university came out and said Thanked all the students for a peaceful protest. Right. She's trapped. Can't get out. She's attacked. She's attacked. She's trapped for three hours. For three hours. Thank you so much for a peaceful protest. Yep. Because it's about rage. The whole thing is rage so we never have to have the discussion. And we'll make outrageous claims and we'll won't let the other side answer because we're screaming and we're yelling and we're screaming. Rage is what we're selling we're actually not selling common sense solutions anymore. Well, this is, this is the same administration that will tell you that the exit of Afghanistan was mostly peaceful. Oh, we'll get to that, too. I mean, oh. John Kirby has lost his oh. ever-loving mind. There's no chaos, yeah. yeah. By the way, he wasn't criticized hard enough over the no, weekend. No, no, he wasn't. The president no. was, but he should be criticized, too. Yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye Cold weather takes a toll on trucks. As warmer weather rolls in, it's time to assess the impact winter has had on your vehicle to help avoid downtime and keep your rig rolling through to next winter. Spring temperature swings can cause your tire pressure to fluctuate. Start your spring maintenance routine by checking your tire pressure and make sure your tires are properly inflated based on the load you're hauling. Underinflated tires cause premature wear, reduced fuel economy, and premature tire failures. Take care of your tires now before you find yourself stranded roadside this spring. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, since nobody else will probably mention it today, we'd like to uh, wish you a very, very happy Dingus Day. Yeah. 
Uh, Dingus Day, the day after Easter, is celebrated in certain parts of the country, like when I lived in Buffalo, New York, and uh, was a United Steel worker in the in the contract we had with our company. Uh, we didn't get Easter Sunday off. You know, right. we didn't we didn't get Monday off for Easter. Right. We actually got Monday off because it was in the Polish Polish section of town. We actually on the official days off. Dingus Day, right. day after Easter. All right. So. <laughs> I noticed a lot of people had Good Friday off. Other companies gave them Good Friday. Wow. Yeah, I have wow. a family member that had the day off. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The show that got you through Biden's nuclear winter, yes, so far. Good luck. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Uh, all right, so everything that you saw this weekend, almost when you think about it, um, when you look at the, the two of the, the biggest stories, the, the Riley Gaines stories, uh, uh, you know, at the uh, California College that she was uh, at and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, having to barricade herself, uh, she claims she, she was also assaulted. Uh, and then the college came out and said, hmm, okay, um, um, thanks for... All the students for the peaceful protesting yeah. uh, uh, yesterday. Right. Un- understand uh, that this is what we have told you from the very beginning, uh, and you have you you can't play into it. I mean, there, you know, we you and I talked about what happened in Nashville and the uh, the Tennessee House, and talked about the fact that okay, you can 
you can sit there and you can say, all right, you can say, was the punishment, was the punishment, did the punishment fit the crime to expel them? Uh, and you can say it from the fact of, from the did the punishment fit the crime? Or you can look at it from the point of view, did the Republicans unnecessarily make them martyrs? And do you have to be careful if you're a Republican uh, understanding that we are in the age of rage for Democrats? The only thing they're trying to do is change the topic. Mm -hmm. They don't want to stick to the topic at hand because they can't win on the issues. So they rage and they rage and then they deflect and they divert to something else. So you don't get on the topic that might bring common sense solutions mm -hmm. because they have no interest in doing it whatsoever. Uh, at the, um, uh, at the, uh, for Riley Gaines, I mean, it's just, it's a continued insanity of the liberal transgender activist movement. And understand that, understand that this movement, has become now and has become violent. It's become violent now. And one of the things that people are wondering is, is the rage in Nashville because uh, there's a suspicion that when uh, the, um, uh, what do you call it, the manifesto comes out, mm -hmm. that it will be because of the rage to commit violence that exists in the liberal transgender activist movement, so they need to deflect to something else. You know, you and I saw this early on, and this goes back years ago when Ben Shapiro uh, was on Dr. Drew, right? Yep. I have it right? Yeah. And uh, he, uh, you know, and he told uh, the uh, transgender female, well, you're a biological man, you're not mm -hmm. a biological woman. Mm -hmm. And the, and, um, he said, let's go outside right now. I'll take you outside right now. And he goes, what's yeah. this about? He said, see, this is this is the violence and the radicalism that exists. I'm talking biological science, and he wishes to commit violence. And they all went, well, yeah. Well, because it's justified, because you should have known that it would have hurt his feelings. That's what the panel, even though the panel knew and agreed that Shapiro was right, he yeah. should have said it because you're triggering that person because that person doesn't wish to hear the truth. And as we have seen, and this has to be talked about, that we played, uh, I don't know if you were here when, last week when I played uh, Josh, Hall, uh, Josh Hawley from uh, uh, the center from Missouri, and, and I played the audio cut of him talking to the University of Berkeley professor uh, about, and this was about uh, uh, abortion. It wasn't even about the liberal transgender group, and she had said, birthing people and yeah, he said right. could you please define what birthing people are mm -hmm. and and uh he, he said you know you know from what i know you know only you know women can get pregnant now where am i wrong here where are you leading us and she said well your line of question is transphobic right and and you're inciting violence he goes what right. the hell are you talking about right. i'm asking questions you're telling me that a basically that and, and she goes well let me ask you a question let me ask you a question do you believe that a man can get pregnant? He goes, well, no. Well, then you're transphobic and you're inciting violence. He goes, just for, and the thing is, he should have continued on it. And he went to something else like, well, this is useless. To, it's not useless. No, you need, no, it's not. you need to challenge 
uh, the people that are defined silence, or excuse me, defined silence, science, and then the next thing is they're accusing you of inciting violence, and then she noted 25% of transgenders attempt to commit suicide. Yeah. Well, how do you know it's me? I'm simply telling the truth. Right. So are you saying then that that I am inciting violence so way more transgenders and the normal population commit suicide? Because if that's the case, if you're telling me I have to lie about biological science, then there's a huge mental health problem here that we need to deal with. Right. Well, if you do that, you're transphobic. Exactly. So it doesn't matter which side you take. You're tra- Well, that's terrible. I have a lot of compassion. If somebody wants to commit suicide, I mean, look, the human, the human mind has lots of things that can drive people, uh, you know, to commit suicide. Shouldn't we be talking about treatment for that? Yeah, and, and this seems to be something that we should focus on. And you're saying it's simply a choice. That one, well, no, that's a choice, and because you know, floating genders, whatever. I mean, right, right. you can choose whatever you want. It, are you saying that it's a choice that they 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 take? Is it you know what is it? I'm trying to get to what is it inside somebody that makes them feel this way, and if they feel this way, and they are going to commit suicide because I'm simply saying I'm not denying your feelings, and this is the one thing. This is the other thing too. Nobody, I'm not denying anybody's feelings of what they have inside them. I don't know what they have inside of them. Right. There's definitely something inside of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be considering suicide because they were having those thoughts. Right. Well, we ought to be concerned about that. Well, if you're concerned about it, you're transphobic and inciting violence. Right. Because there's nothing wrong with them. This is completely and totally natural. And that's the discussion. And no more can be talked about on this. We cannot do any research on it because it incites violence and you're transphobic. On the mental health issue regarding all of this, then why wouldn't you treat someone who is anorexic with liposuction? If you have diagnosed them right. with anorexia and right. you're going to hurt their feelings because you tell them they need to eat. <clears throat> yep. Their feeling is that they don't have to. That if they do, they will be ugly as a result of eating. Right. So and we haven't addressed a massive mental health issue here. And if you do... You're attacked by the mob. And don't be anorexic phobic. Exactly. And and honestly, how many adolescents still today? I mean, anorexia goes back as a mental health issue, generations, Mm -hmm. and still today. I don't. I can't tell you. I don't have numbers to cite in front of you, in front of me. But here's the thing: that if you see it. You know it, and you know that you don't treat it by giving them liposuction. And so what you see is across the board, the liberal transgender activist movement knows they cannot win the debate. And so their goal, and you see it with Riley Gaines, is to threaten everyone. We will threaten you, and now we'll threaten you with violence and harm. Right. The mob will chase you. Why? Because we can't make the argument in the arena of debate. And so we will threaten violence. And you see the same thing. 
in Nashville. That's a combination of things, talking about the gun control part of it. Mm-hmm. The gun control part of it's been a, and And this is the other thing, too. You know, we talked about this with reparations. Let us, let us go. If we can't get the impossible done now, then we'll rage. Yeah. If we can't get the impossible done now, we will rage, we'll go crazy, we'll scream. And you see it in reparations, you see it in gun control, you yeah. see it in the liberal transgender uh, activist movement. Yep. We are we are demanding the impossible now. And the impossible is that you have to admit that science doesn't exist in the liberal right. transgender activist movement. Yep. And then you have to uh, uh, pretend that uh, finances doesn't matter in reparations because it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> you, you you can't make Where it work. You get the money from is can't. not a, it shouldn't be a concern. Right. And you're not going to get rid of the Second Amendment tomorrow. You can't. So well, how do we make schools safer today? They can't have that discussion. And because they wish to have the impossible done today, Second Amendment gun control today. Well, then we don't have to allow the democratic process to work. And because our morality is greater than yours, mm-hmm. being for gun control, we can shut down democracy and then claim that we're saving democracy at the same time. That's what Kamala Harris did. Yeah, right. This is how posterior backwards everything has gone for the left right now. Right. Yep. But they sell it. They sell it because they sell it with rage. They rage. They intimidate. They threaten violence. And it's funny because it was, uh, you know, you've had some Republicans, uh, con- conservatives say, well, it's like you're January 6th. This isn't like January 6th. You're right. January 6th didn't have members of Congress marching to attempt to stop the democratic process. Right. You had state representatives attempting to stop, actually succeeding in stopping the democrat process for over an hour right. in the Tennessee House. Right. See, this is how true fascists think, just so you know. Democracy is what we say it is. Democracy is the fact that we believe this and we have a higher morality than you. Therefore, we can try to stop democracy. We can violate your rights. And that's our democracy because our democracy is based in rage and emotion. If you hear us pointing at the opposition and accusing them of something then look at our side because it's likely what we're doing instead. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's so easy to see for anybody who cares to look. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Nope. What they're doing. It is apparent. It is blatant. It is out there in the open. They're extremely loud about it. And loudly loud about if, it. even going after Trump now, right? You know, with with the uh, the the brag charges is yeah. all about changing the topic because they know they can't win on the issues, and you see this desperation of rage, yeah, yeah, that exists out there in order to stay away from the topics at hand. Yep, because yep. they can't win on the issues. Nope. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Crony, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. Red Eye, coming up following the top of uh, the uh, the hour. Well, uh, Biden uh, will be in uh, Ireland, and so, uh, uh, well, we don't have to talk, really. There'll be no discussion on, we'll leave the press with all this controversy here right. over the last couple of days, and by the time we get back, they'll just have forgotten about it. Yep. Yep. They'll have uh, forgotten about everything. They'll forget about the Chinese balloon. Right. They'll forget right. about it. Uh, you know, the, 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 the fact that we're denying reality, uh, in, uh, in Afghanistan, we just, we just don't answer the questions and we go away. And I can see when Corrine Jean-Pierre comes back and they start asking all the questions and she'll say, well, I, I think you should ask this person. I think you should ask that person. Right. Oh, we've talked I about this. I defer you to somebody else. Right. We defer, we defer, we defer, we defer, right. we defer, and nobody will ever answer the question. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yep. And that's it. I mean, this is the equivalent if he's going to run again. Uh, this is how, I mean, we know this is how he's going to, uh, however many years he remains as president. Um, this is how he's going to behave as president. But this is how you, if he's campaigning for reelection, this is how you campaign from the basement while still living in the White House. You just walk away. He has no problem whatsoever turning his back on the American people repeatedly. He did it in the day after the botched exit of Afghanistan. He did it. And you're not going to tell him, Jack, how he's going to conduct his business. This is who he is. Yep. He doesn't have to answer questions. Right. And he can hire... Jean-Pierre, John Kirby, all of them to sit there and just blatantly lie or read to you from a book, whichever. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. I only have slight laryngitis. Yeah. Apparently this thing is uh, is uh, catching, is spreading. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Is there a vaccine? Figured I would just throw that one out. Uh, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's, you know, the new All zombie right. apocalypse. All right, I want to play some audio cuts here to start this because uh, they, the, uh, the Biden administration just couldn't sell what they were attempting to sell last Thursday mm -hmm. on the withdrawal from uh, Afghanistan. I want to play, this is, this is uh, one report from CBS, okay? We have two reports, two from CBS. We'll have more coming up, and there's more out there, but... These are just the two that you're just like, wow. And understand, remember, this is CBS. This is a mainstream media. And 
I'll just, this is one report they did. Here we go. The summary is a snapshot of two classified reports submitted Thursday to Congress following a subpoena threat from Republican Congressman Michael McCall, Foreign Affairs Committee Chair. We need to get answers and accountability to the American people, the veterans, and the Gold Star Mothers. We've got veterans that deserve a hell of a lot more of the truth. Lance Corporal Jared Schmidt died in the suicide bombing. His father said the 12-page summary is an insult. You're the president of the United States. The buck stops with you. It's your responsibility. Stop making excuses. The long-delayed White House release happened on the cusp of a holiday weekend, and there are no plans to make public the classified details given to Congress, Nate. Margaret, was there anything missing from this summary? Yes, notably absent an internal State Department cable from July that warned the Taliban was making rapid territorial gains and recommending that the evacuation be sped up. And there was also no mention of General McKenzie's dissent, nor any from the military. And we know there was dissent from the military, and that's yeah. where the president uh, lied about that uh, to the uh, American people. I also want to play this. this was. Uh, a part of the uh, Ed O'Keefe interview, we had played Ed O'Keefe actually at the press briefing the other day, but uh, here he uh, is answering some uh, questions. But uh, listen to the anchor here from CBS. Here we go. It's fascinating, Ed, because what's missing from everything you've just laid out, and as you noted, what's missing from this so-called report is any acknowledgement from the Biden administration that things could have been done better, they could have been planned more efficiently, and in fact, the administration had the capacity to do so. Let's not forget for viewers, it was absolute chaos in Kabul at the airport. Uh, you know, those pilots were forced to uh, take off with people running on the runway, grabbing onto the aircraft, and not to mention the thousands or hundreds at least of, of translators and people who helped the U.S. mission um, for two decades who were completely blindsided and left behind, many of them still left behind today. No acknowledgement from the administration that, yeah, they could have done things better, and that's not, that's not mentioning all the U.S. servicemen and women who risked their lives for this mission. Um, right, and it and in fact, um, to that point, Errol, we did a word search on the electronic versions of this for the word like mistake or apologize or sorry, just to see if there's any sense of that. There is one. To counter the perceived immediate threat of the possibility of uh, greater threats to the United States, it said in this report, the U.S. military launched a drone strike in Kabul that mistakenly killed 10 civilians. You'll remember that mm -hmm. incident that happened that was in that very dense part of Kabul where they ultimately realized they killed the wrong people. Among the causes of this tragic error was that the high-risk and dynamic threat environment led the team to inaccurately assess that the target posed an imminent threat to those on the ground. It also says here, the president received and accepted the unanimous advice of his top national security officials. We know at least the U.S. Central Commander, um, General McKenzie, had told Face the Nation last fall he didn't necessarily agree with all this. We asked who exactly, or how do you define top national security official? Was it people just in the room with the president here in Washington, or was it the others across the government who were advising him. Uh, we wouldn't get a straight answer out of it. So that gives you the sense of the kind of maybe uh, things that were left out of mm -hmm. this report. And that, by the way, that, that interview went on for like eight minutes. Yeah. And you could tell Ed O'Keefe is just, he's yeah. livid, but yeah. he understands right. the network also that he is, uh, that, that he is on. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, not only General McKenzie, but remember when, uh, Million, uh, million, and all those mm -hmm. guys last year or uh, two years ago testified right before Congress. Every one of them said, "No, we should have stayed. We should have stayed." 
Millie now uh, stepping down, moving out and, and from the joint chiefs of staff. And, you know, you look at, at where it goes from here and the media focus on it. You know, you said something last week that'd be better just to hand the report out, right? Just issue the report and not say anything about it. Because the coverage on this from mainstream media intensified as a result of the report. Because there are so many blatant lies from this administration that everyone knows and everyone can see. And here's the difference. You know, while you had the liberal media and many people actually domestically and and globally saying over that 20 year period or so. It was, you know, the never ending war It was going on for too long. And then the assessment came back in later years that, okay, maybe, maybe there should be a presence. And then after the botched exit, the polls shifted dramatically. And the American people said, wow, uh, yeah, maybe we should have stayed. Maybe we should have left some troops there. And yes, we believe we'll probably have to go back at some point. Uh, I, I think this was the, uh, I want to play this audio cut. I, I think this was the this was the moment, in case you didn't hear it the other day, mm-hmm. when Biden's spokesperson, John Kirby, former Admiral John Kirby, when he said this, where I just said, my God, he just spit on the graves of those of the 13 Americans soldiers that were killed and anybody who was injured here when he at this was this is probably and and I I know this is I'm I'm uh, taking a gamble here but I believe there has been no bigger gaslighting than this yeah right uh, or more serious gaslighting there's been gaslighting there's been bizarre gaslighting and that and just so people know gaslighting is when Everybody knows what the truth is. Everybody. Where it's like everybody knows what the truth is and they still lie to you. And they lie to you in a in in sort of a arrogant way, like, don't you understand this? And this is Kirby talking about the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Here we go. And so for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not from my perch. At one point during the evacuation, there was an aircraft taking off full of... Okay, so he was talking about the fact that we evacuated people. Right, right. But for all the talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. I don't know of a bigger, uh, more serious gaslighting moment in the Biden administration than that right now. No, no. And, and, I, and I'm sorry. I mean, you, you had, you had, and, and I know we, 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 uh, you know, talk about treason, and technically this isn't treason, but morally it's as close as you can get to treason, uh, I believe. I mean, it's reprehensible, a complete betrayal of the military by by Kirby. I would never have served in the military. I, I, even if I, had, I didn't serve in the military, I still wouldn't gaslight like that. But he served in the military, rose to the highest na- ranks of the Navy. It's absolutely despicable. Despicable what John Kirby did. Absolutely yeah. despicable, complete betrayal and spitting on the graves of those Americans who died. And with doing it with great arrogance yeah. and defiance. Like, what are, what are you talking about? What, what, what do you mean? I think that was probably the point where even the liberal media said, this is just too much. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that was a big part of it. I think the idea of his defiance and his arrogance, and, and because it wasn't him trying to put spin on it. Like uh, saying something like, well, any situation like that in that region is, is likely going to be somewhat chaotic by comparison. It isn't the same as going to an airport domestically and flying somewhere. And so when we're trying to get so many people out, there are going, there's going to be some confusion. But we do believe that ultimately we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish and our goal was to get people out there as out of there as quickly as possible. That's not what he said. No. What chaos. The gaslighting and and arrogance that comes directly from the top and runs throughout this administration. And then I think where, you know, when because everybody knows the patterns there. And and I was listening to some of the reporters that said we got it by email on our phones. Yeah. And the fact is, it was hard to zoom in to actually read it. And then we're in there. And, you know, we're in there. It goes 10 minutes before it was emailed to us. And we all got our, you know, our phones. Right. But we're having problems reading this thing. And then they bring it in. They want to discuss it. It's like, and then the president, as they release it, is heading out the back door the other way. Yeah. I mean, everything shows complete cowardice of this president. Completely. I'm not going to answer it. Now I'm going to be out. Now I'm going to be out for a while. Right. Now I'm going to be out for a while. Yeah. I will not, I will not ask. And then, but, but I'm telling you for Kirby to do that, to gaslight in that way. I mean, seriously, what the hell is wrong with him? It's, he served as an admiral and, you know, and maybe there's some people that served from, he was great. Well, he sucks now. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and that's the whole thing is that, um, it, it, there are so many questions if you could have them answer honestly if you could get an honest answer is are you really saying that to the gold star families now are you saying that to the americans left behind are you saying that to those who served over there and then watched their colleagues watched their fellow countrymen fall are you saying that to the American people, really? Yep. And the answer is yes, yeah. and proudly. And you, and you heard it from the anchor on you know on, on CBS. It's like we all saw it. We all know what chaos. So how could he stand up there? And I mean, my God, how could you stand up there and gaslight like that? I mean, that's how bad this administration is right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just in in. I mean, they will lie about everything, and to the point where I mean, I, and I will say this over and over again. Where in the world did John Kirby decide that the hill to die on would be to lie about an incident that got U.S. soldiers killed? Gaslight to an extent that I've never seen coming from anybody relating to national security and the Pentagon lie like that. Because everybody, the thing is, I'm not saying nobody's lied before, but gaslighting is when everybody knows what the truth is. And everybody knows you know your line. They know your line. We know your line. You know that we know that every that 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 that's your line, and you lie anyway. Yeah. And you served in the military for thirty twenty nine years, almost thirty years. You served in the military. Mm -hmm. 
and he spit on the graves of those soldiers that died. I've not seen uh, that. You know, there there are things that that I've seen that are totally reprehensible from this administration. That just that crossed the line, and I think you saw it from the reporters. I think everything in in that. You know, I don't know if they lost everybody yesterday or whether you know, or yesterday on 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 Thursday, uh, but it was the closest I've ever seen to losing everybody, almost everyone in the press corps, no, White they, House press corps. You're at, no, you're absolutely right. It's it, it seems like it, at the very least every major news group they lost to some extent. Yeah, and yeah. that's. Tough to do for a liberal administration. But, but I do think that, again, they, they're they probably surprised. Biden will probably get angry about it because when you have such a willing and enabling media to promote your lies over and over again and not cover the stories because they know it might hurt the party that they vote for, well, then you expect loyalty all the time. Yeah, And you're like, look, we've thrown out bizarre lies before and you mm-hmm. guys have... Have handled and all of a sudden, boom. Yep. I mean, and and I guess there's a point where it's like, okay, yeah, okay, we uh, we're political activists and we'll help you, but now you're making us look like idiots, and right. now you're not treating us with respect. Right. Go ahead, give an opinion, but don't outright, don't make it so we can't. You you know, you talked about this. The problem is the media can't write any stories that they can sell anymore. Because the administration can't sell it with their propaganda. Exactly. Oh, they they gaslight the obvious. With the media goes, we can't say there was no chaos there. We can't right. sit there and go. Well, the administration was right. It was mostly, uh, mostly it was peaceful, and they did get a lot of people out of there, ignoring the chaos that went right. on. Right. They don't. They don't give the liberal media anything to work with. This is how the spin works. Okay. Here's the spin. Here's how you sell it to your readers and your viewers. They don't even attempt that. They don't give them anything. And on this, something that was so botched at the fundamental level, then they issue the report, patting themselves on the back, and then going out and promoting it proudly. Yep. That is insanity politically. While everybody knows it's BS. Yep. They know it's BS. It's garbage. That's why the president walked out the back door, the coward that he is, not willing to answer questions to the press because they know they're to blame. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. 
We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I am just fighting a little bit, a tiny, 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 just a little twinge of, of laryngitis here on uh, on uh, on this side. But coming up following the bottom of the hour, more on the liberal transgender activist movement and uh, Riley Gaines and what she plans on uh, doing. And she was making a media blitz over the weekend and said, sorry, the the more you go after me, the more I'm going to fight. Yeah. That's exactly what yep. you've needed. Yep. Yep. You needed you've needed a leader out there of the movement. Yeah. To stop the liberal transgender activist movement that comes from women that are losing opportunity. And hopefully this is not isolated. Hopefully this type of uh movement grows and you have more people that are not willing to sit down and and roll over, you know, that's that's what happens. Ultimately, yep. women have to stand up for their rights again, and it's ridiculous that we're having to say that in 2023, but that's yep. exactly what's happening. Yep, the sexist, misogynist, democratic party and liberalism that exists today. Yep. It's unbelievable yep. because of how blunt it is. Oh, it's, and it's, I, I mean, and, and forceful. Yeah, I know? didn't. I, I just never thought that misogyny was a better sell by intimidating people. Yeah. I, I that, guess I had that, it wrong. Yeah. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. hours a night and still not enough listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website red radioshow.com and he is eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara 866-90 red eye let's go to mark in ohio about the white house's explanation of the exit from afghanistan hi mark you're on red eye radio welcome to the show hi good morning thank you for taking my call you're welcome i just I just had a quick comment, lest a lot of people forget what happened in Benghazi. I just see a lot of similarities between the current administration and the way they tell the 
the stories, the lies, and the hypocrisy, yeah. and what occurred during the Obama administration. Yeah. 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 Uh, and thank you so much, because as we know now that, remember, they had said, if you, people don't remember in Benghazi, that the whole reason it happened was in reaction to a film. Yeah, a video. A video, right. And it wasn't. And they knew that because they they had the records of Hillary Clinton that night, the night that it happened, in her own notes, jotting the fact that it was a terrorist attack. Right. And it was not in reaction to a, a film. And they were doing that because they didn't want, Obama was basically saying, you know, terrorism is gone. And right, Al-Qaeda right, is right. done. And there's right. n- there's no problem here. And then, boom, it happened uh, just a couple of months before the election. And the whole goal was to keep it quiet. And then you had, what's her name? I can't think of her name at the moment. Go on all the Sunday morning news shows and repeat the lie, and they knew at that point that they had lied to the American people about the cause of it, because because Hillary Clinton knew that night. Yeah, Rice and, went on all the yes, uh, Susan Sunday Rice shows. went on all the Sunday morning news shows. Susan Rice, and, mm-hmm. yep, and that was a few days later, and yeah. lied uh, about lied about it to the American people. So Thanks, Mark. This isn't new. The I, I I guess the only thing the only thing that would be different. Well, there's every you know, every situation is different. But the one thing of the response of this administration that makes it different is we didn't know exactly what happened. We didn't get the full truth until they had the hearings and we found out that, uh, who, yeah. who was it? Was it Rand Paul? No, who had, who had uh, the, uh, no, it wasn't Rand Paul. It wasn't Rand Paul. Uh, who, yes. But they had when, the, when, they, when they presented the evidence that Hillary knew that night. Yeah, basically right. they proved on that day that she had lied about it. Right. And then the liberal media, uh, including at the time, Shepard Smith at Fox News, well, she's not going to prison. Nobody right. was. Nobody said this was a crime, although uh, it was a, it, 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 in my opinion, uh, it was a, right. they were just like what's going on right now, uh, spitting on the graves of the fallen. Um, and this was one of the things that, and remember, Hillary Clinton also lied about lied to Sean Smith uh Smith's mother and also uh you know basically uh took her to task publicly which is this is it's the same feel this is why you know Mark's call is important but it, it it's it's true it's that same mindset this is you know Obama didn't have to call um uh Biden and say hey well here's how you do it and how we did it and in, in, in Benghazi, this is you know, and how we handled everything. It's the same mindset. They they all right. think the same, including now Kirby. Without a doubt, you can't you can't exclude people like John Kirby. And these are the things that you look at when when you look for the truth. Look, there are a lot of things that, uh, honestly, with Benghazi, uh, with Afghanistan. Uh, over the years that we could sit and have a debate about. But one thing I think where the door has been closed now completely, and we saw that turn over this weekend, is Afghanistan's exit was botched. This administration lied about it. It's not just that it was a botched exit. It was that they lied repeatedly in the months leading up to the end and they're lying today, and they have thrown the media uh, this this huge uh, again 
uh, virtue signaling uh, attitude that, hey, you must have it wrong because that didn't happen. Uh, and the, like I said, the only the only difference I would say in the way the media or the way that uh, uh, the administration, this administration, handled it differently than the Obama administration is, uh, again, we knew initially that because it was out that it wasn't that film. Remember, so yeah, yeah. you had people that saying was no, fairly early, but but it wasn't verified, right? Right. It wasn't verified until a couple of months later when they had the hearings, and we know that. You know, Hillary knew that it was a terrorist attack, right. and so we knew at that point they lied. Right. And remember, we said at the time they lied about U.S. soldiers and and U.S. people that dedicate their lives who were murdered viciously, including the ambassador, right, Chris Stevens, yeah, Chris who Stevens. was, by the way, a true public servant by right. all accounts, a Democrat, and that's that's it's so mind blowing how they just absolutely. Right. Spit yeah, on his yeah, they, grave. Yeah, they don't care who they lie about. Yeah, they spit on his grave, uh, and and, and uh, they just they didn't care, uh, and they lied about it, and they knew they lied about it. The thing is, by the time it came out, you know, the, it was months later, and the public had passed. The right, difference right. is, and you didn't see it in real time. Remember how long we saw? It was twenty four seven, you know, and yeah. the, the you know you saw. You know, you might have seen dark photos of fires and whatever in the Benghazi raid. You right. didn't see it up close. Right. That's the one right. thing. Everybody in America, because of, you know, social media, everything else, everybody saw the people hanging on to the planes. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. you know, everybody yeah. knew yeah. about what was going on and how insane it was. The news coverage was on that for what, a week, two weeks? Yeah. And yeah. it was constant. Yeah. And so everybody knew that it was insanity that was going on at that point. Right. And that would be the one difference. You had lies uh, about Benghazi, but you, the on last Thursday, had gaslighting that, like, I've never seen. I mean, right. and, and gaslighting right. is right. different than a lie because gaslighting is when everybody knows what the truth is and everybody knows the truth in Afghanistan, it was chaos. We were watching to, it yeah. almost in real time right. as opposed yep. to Afghanistan, right. which took a great deal of, of effort by those who were there to get to the surface. One of the you, most you, mean, you, mean, you mean Benghazi? I mean, I'm sorry, Benghazi, right. yes. Um, and, and one of the most important movies you can watch on that is 13 Hours. And if you, it's, a, it's a really hard movie to watch. But it's important now. You know, there are things that you, you see and, and, and what they did and didn't do and uh, questions about whether or not they could have saved uh, at least two of them um, or not. And, you know, I leave that to the people that were there and on the ground and, and their assessment because I, I, I believe them to be honest people. I don't think they have any motivation to lie. Um, and, and it could be that the situation was far too uh, uh, dangerous uh, for them to ever save ambassador stevens or sean smith uh there in benghazi but they ultimately when they lied about that and how they and how all that played out and created a pretty if you think about it to them they probably thought it was a small lie but it wasn't and and as we know also we knew that the white house knew because the uh, i forgot who the general was who went to the white house that night yeah. who knew what the truth right. was and right. told the white house right right uh, at that point so right. everybody knew everybody knew that night and st and a couple of days later you had uh uh 
Susan Rice line yeah. uh, that it was a video on the Sunday morning news shows. Yeah. And yeah. that's when it started. E- even at that point, there was opposition to it, but we didn't have the evidence right. until they actually had the, the congressional hearings. Right. And then it was presented uh, that, you know, that the evidence was presented that Hillary knew about it that night mm-hmm. and that the general had gone to the White House that night mm-hmm. also and mm-hmm. informed the president what had had happened. So we know that they all knew and lied about American soldiers being killed in a terrorist attack and lied about it because they had set the narrative that the world was safe from terrorism and they didn't need that before an election. Right. Yep. And, yep. but, uh, it's, you know, to me, you know, a lot of similarities here, but the gaslighting, because this is something that everybody saw. It, everybody saw it played it. out right. in, in almost in real time. Um, some of it, I don't, I don't, can't remember how much of it we were actually watching live, but it wasn't, it was almost live. I mean, there were reports were coming in continuously from the news groups that were on the ground, the, the handful of reporters that were there on the ground, uh, and international news groups, by the way. Right. And we have to keep in mind our allies and what was said in parliament and, and the accounting of all this. The world knows, the world knows this is a lot like Benghazi. There are similarities. You could say it's, it's Benghazi on a grander scale. Yes. Yeah. And, it, it, and, and, and reprehensible <clears throat> and, and obviously in both cases. And this, but this is what you get. Never underestimate. The ability of Joe Biden to F things up. Ever. And this is exactly it. And that's what you, and understand that the media that cannot sell this for the Bidens, nope. they can't sell this because it's so obvious. The same media that's looking at this is the same media that's trying to sell you that democracy is gone in the Tennessee House uh, and not explaining why democracy is gone. Right. Not actually getting into the minutia of it because they can't sell it. If they really get into it, but they're going along with the Democrats. So understand that if they believe that they have an inch to sell something that is still inaccurate, the mainstream media will do it. Mm -hmm. But Biden is so bad in this particular point and Kirby was so bad because everybody saw the truth that they can't defend them on Benghazi. But they'll still attempt to defend liberalism and they'll send Kamala Harris to Tennessee not to visit with the victims' families. But to jump on board and saying democracy is being denied when it's the Democrats that were trying to deny democracy when right. that all happened. Yep. They're the ones that tried to shut down the democratically con- uh, uh, elected House. They tried to shut it. In fact, they did shut it down. They successfully shut it down. They wouldn't follow the rules and regulations with the with with the bullhorns. And then, as you know, a lot of the the as was uh, reported a lot of these people that were up in the the uh, the, the gallery was it the uh, the uh, I forgot exactly what they call it in there the one portion of the the house mm. where they're in tried to get through police mm. and yeah, the state right. police stopped them from getting in right so this was complete it was chaos caused by Democrats not wanting to prom- not wanting to go through the democratic process. And they're claiming it was the opposite. And the media is behind them on it. Mm. The same media that can't sell the Biden-Afghanistan lie 
still will attempt to sell the next lie that comes down the line. Yeah. That shows you how bad the Afghanistan situation is. Yep. Because of, we can't sell this anymore. Nope. 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up following the, the top of the hour, the latest uh, swimmer, uh, uh, Riley Gaines, uh, well, her comments uh, after she spoke at uh, San Francisco State University uh, last week. And uh, we had the, the breaking news because it happened <clears throat> late into the uh, night on on Thursday night, uh, Friday morning, our time, and uh, how she was uh, attacked after a speech, uh, ambushed, attacked, and uh, had to basically stay barricaded in a classroom for three hours before she could get out. Think about this now. And what is she complaining about? She is an elite female swimmer, uh, was in college, and uh, had to compete against a biological man, and she feels that's unfair right we'll have the latest from her plus uh we'll tell you about the u.s bank lending look, look at this headline eric u.s bank lending slumps to the most on record in final weeks of march wow well you know i mean interest rates rising uh you can see that that the lending isn't i mean it's going to dry up that's the the people who have good credit uh, are going to look at it and say well it's not an opportunity i'm going to sit and wait to see if they actually reverse it. Uh, I saw some uh, a couple of other people on Friday still talking about reversing interest rates. I'm like, we never learn. We never learn. No. If you're in the financial business and you're saying, well, maybe they just reverse rates. Okay, great. Then inflation's here to stay, and that's going to be the new normal. Um, and, you know, I, I don't see where that where it's going to change right now because they're not going to I don't expect that Powell's going to get above 6 on the target rate. No. And that's what most believe is he needs to do to get on top of inflation. So we're going to have stagflation and who knows how long that goes on. You know, we we think about 24 and the personalities involved in that election cycle as we know it right now. And everything changes with the economy. Who knows what it will be by fall of next year? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. 
How are you today? Welcome to the Monday. Dingus Day. Yes, that's what it is, Dingus Day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I still remember. Uh, yeah, we... Um, I remember one time when... when uh, this is when I was a uh, in the United Steelworker Union and worked for uh, McGraw-Edison-Worthington Group, also known as the old Worthington Compressors in South Buffalo, the Polish section, and we got off one year, and you head down on, on Broadway. Yes, the same Broadway that Johnny Resnick sings about in the Goo Goo Dolls of the song Broadway, that same thing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> See a young man sitting at an old man's bar waiting for his turn to die. Yep, that's <clears throat> that was Broadway. <laughs> That sounds like a lovely life. <laughs> or, or in uh, that song, the song that that everybody from Buffalo relates to. If you're from Buffalo, it always rains like hell on the Losers' Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes Resnick gets it right <laughs> well I you know here's the thing for the last 50 years the visitors bureau in, in Buffalo their slogan has been visit Buffalo or don't whatever <laughs> we don't care actually my favorite I one of my favorite rock lyrics Besides the band Cracker, what the world needs now is another folk singer like I need a hole in my head. Uh, Where a what is is it again? Um, Oh, uh, a um, visionary coward says that anger can be power as long as there's a victim on TV. All right. And I'm sitting there going and Resnick. I don't know what he is now. He's in his 50s, but he used to be basically whatever socialist was running on the Democrat side. I'm like, how can you write that? <laughs> and I don't understand the victim mentality that comes from the left. Yeah. Right. So, <sighs> you know, I do wonder if it's, if it is changing though, um, because I saw a couple of people over the last few days, just kind of observing people that make uh, appearances somewhere, if they're promoting something or whatever. Now, there are some that have been consistently liberal and are going to be diehard liberal in the way that you have to be. And that is, you've got to be, for whatever today's cause is, you've got to be on it. You've got to be as angry as everybody else, if not angrier. And you've got to stay on that. That's, that's, the, that's the rule book. That's what it requires. But I noticed... A few people, and, you know, they they just seem to be done more and more. We've seen it from some stand-up comedians, uh, Dave Chappelle and others that have, you know, really come out and said, okay, come on, with the cancel culture and the mob mentality and everything else. But it seems like more and more that's the case, that people are just done with it. And I saw a few people... Over the last, I don't know, I'd say week or so, doing interviews and making appearances and kind of alluding to the fact that they're done with it too. 
that they're done with the preachy type of uh, content on streaming. You and I were talking during the Oh, yeah, the Amazon one. Yeah, The Amazon, who's watching what on Amazon. We know this is going on. It's it's going on with Netflix. It's been going on with Netflix for years. and, And Amazon is no different than any streaming service. They know exactly what you're watching. They know how much of it you watched. They know exactly where you paused it. They know if you came back and, and to finish watching it. And it tells them because they will look at it. They will look at actual scripts. And the moment that is paused, they will look at that content and review it and say, what is going on? Why is this content driving people away? Why do people stop watching it here? Why do people never start streaming it in the first place? Why do people go to this kind of content instead? And it's pretty simple when it comes to entertainment. There are some people that go out and they look for, well, I want to see the documentary. That basically fits their argument, right? I want to see whatever documentary is going to fit fit my argument. And then most of us have this, uh, I just want to be entertained. I want to see Tom Cruise holding on to the side of an airplane as it takes off. I want to see uh, a, a comedy story that's just absolutely silly down to the absolute core of being silly. So stupid that I can't quit laughing. I want to see uh, Kevin Hart do stand-up. I want to see... Uh, and, and in my case, Nate Bargatze, who's right now at the top of my list in stand-up comedy. I want to see whatever it is. I, but I just want that entertainment without being either preached at or told or made or the gaslighting effect that's happening with content now where, where they're coming out and basically if if you're not already on board with this, if you don't think this way, if you don't behave this way, my gosh, there must be something wrong with you. And let me just finish my original point before mm. we go to, because this is a better point, mm. when I mentioned the Goo Goo Dolls song, mm. uh, Broadway, because right. it's Dingus Day, mm. and then we got the day off, and we all went down and hit the bars, and you all carry pussy willows, and you hit women over the head with it. Yeah. You tap them on the shoulder with it. All right. I mean, that's, that, is, that the, is that the tradition? Yes, that's a traditional Dingus Day. Yes, but, all right. but getting to where we are, because I got into the lyrics, and we got into different things about uh, uh, wokeness, and you mentioned the Amazon story. Uh, Amazon audiences still prefer straight white male leads who kill lots of people. Okay, John Wick I, 4, uh, Chapter 4 is in theaters now. Everybody says it's great. I have not had a chance to go okay. to it yet. I, I made up the last part. Kills most of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, yeah. the headline here, Amazon audiences still prefer straight white male leads find LGBTQ stories off-putting. I don't, I don't have a preference for it. I mean, I know what they're saying is that this is what they go to. I, okay, is that... What they're drawn to, is that still what Hollywood is doing? There's my question. Well, again, they're talking about Amazon, and, and so, right. uh, you know, I don't know if it's their original stories or no, whatever. That's a, good, that's, that's a good point. Because is, they, it, they, is it catalog stuff, older stuff, or what? Yeah. 
because they mention in here they they talk about the because as you said they can study everything they know exactly what you're they know Every exactly thing. what everybody is watching when yep. they turn it off whatever yep. Yep. and and so they're able to to do it and they talk about the uh, the uh, and I've I've seen it you know the uh, League of Our Own which there's mm-hmm. I guess a streaming of League of Our Own now mm-hmm. and there's a lesbian subplot with Rosie O'Donnell who acts as a playful and humorous uh, well excuse me who acted as a playful and humorous sidekick to Madonna in the movie guest stars on the new show as a cross-dressing owner of an underground gay bar and the women baseball players at at night have, you know, uh, affairs with the other women. Right. And so okay. that is, and it's like, meh. It's, and as I said here, the uh, sexualized mangling of a cherished film about feminine athleticism has been a Big swing and a miss with viewers. In fact, the Hollywood Reporter called it one of the most expensive disappointments of Jen Salke's time as head of Amazon Studios. So you know that's um, uh, yeah. you know that that's again from that's an original from Amazon. Audiences found the quote queer stories end of quote in the show off putting, prompting executives to encourage downplaying those themes in show promotions. And I guess it's you know when you take a, a film like when you when you take a film like A League of Our Own, which is a great film, mm-hmm. it's a great film. The film is a great film. Mm-hmm. I love. I mean, I I thought no, it was, I it's I it's it, a fun movie. It, it's it's a it, it's it's a fun movie, and it uh, uh, and it's it promotes the it promotes a true story of what happened. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess you know people are happy with with that. I don't know. I don't know how many people would be if into it if it was a, a more intense uh, heterosexual sexualized film hmm. because of the way you view the original film to begin with. Well, no, I mean, if it, I, if it was you're right, if, because if it was, if it was a woman's bull Durham, then, you know, the, the film, then maybe people would accept more leeway down the road. Yeah, because the movie A League of Their Own is not, it's about really the game and that, and, and, and here's the league and also the character, you know, Tom Hanks's character, which is, <laughs> and, and the catchphrase that came from that, there's no crying in baseball. But it was, it had a fun feel with a, with an upbeat ending. You know, I mean, they, of course they had, at the very end, they had, they had aged considerably. Um, yeah, and, but wasn't it great how they was, found? Oh my uh, gosh! How, how they found these how older they, women who did, were I know that identical. Was, that was awesome. I know the, the was, one who played the older Gina Davis. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, did they wait years and then just let her age? Because that looks just like her. But no, the, it, it you know it's and, a, and even and even Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you. Well, from what I can see, though, from the film, that older Madonna in A League of Our Own, the older Madonna, mm-hmm. ended up looking a lot better than the Madonna in real life. Yes, because she didn't go so far with the surgery. surgery. Apparently, <laughs> just judging from the appearance. But it's but it's a different mindset in in creating a movie. You create a league of their own, and you tell a story, right? Right. 
if you're going to, and, and then it becomes something very different when you get into, if they were, if they wanted to get into the, again, it's like you said, the more serious side of the personal lives of each of those players, it could have been a very different movie. It would have been, yeah. And that's likely why the series isn't doing that great is because, well, wait a minute. You know, where's the, where's the fun approach that the movie had? Here's the problem. When you create a series from a movie, man, that's a huge uphill battle. That's not even a remake. That's not a sequel. That's not a prequel. That's a whole new thing. And you got to fill a lot of time. They call it the third act effect. You got to fill a lot of time with things. As a movie, a league of their own stood out. Because the performances were good, it was fun. People were laughing. They were saying funny things. It just had it. it was, I think there was great direction, um, and it just came off as a fun movie. Well, if you're going to get into the lives of people every single day, then expect that it's not going to be that kind of fun. When people come to the door because of the name, then. They're gonna. They're only gonna stay if it actually is the same. Case in point, that '90s show. Great attempt by the people at Netflix. They brought Red and his lovely bride back, and then it's their granddaughter and her friends. Nothing wrong with the younger actors, but they don't have the chemistry and writing. That the others did back with that '70s show, they bring, and as soon as they bring somebody else from the old cast on, it changes. It changes the tone of the show, but it's not the same. You're trying to recapture the magic, and that's almost impossible to do. You know, what, you know what I love though when they when they talk about uh, you know the, uh, the the what the public likes. Amazon audiences still prefer the straight white male leads. Uh, when you think about it. It it all depends, you know. For example, if you and, and you mention, uh, you know, uh, John Wick, uh, mm-hmm. it's just not John. It's just not uh, Keanu Reeves that makes that movie. No, I mean no, no, it's no. everybody that's in it. I mean it's yeah, just yeah. there are some great great actors in that. The story is well written. The choreography is Im- Im- impeccable. The fact that he is a, uh, uh, you know portrayed as a straight white male has nothing to do with the attraction of the show for example let's take a uh straight black male denzel washington mm-hmm. and i can't think of the name of what was the movie the two movies the equalizer equalizer mm-hmm. tremendous yep just great now it, it's like equalizer apparently on tv is doing good i can't watch it it's not denzel right yep. it's got nothing to do with it. if if it could have been it could have been Call it another, you know, some other name. I might have watched it. Yeah, but as soon as now, I will say this though, Denzel Washington. I remember watching the original Equalizer. Yeah, when it was on. Yeah, uh, and on TV in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And so when they try, I was, eh, it's not going to be good. It was ten times better. Oh my gosh, <laughs> ten times better. And it, it also it, kept the spirit of the original show of what the, yes, the it person did. Yes. is, who the person is. Now it, they ventured out. After the first one, they ventured out a little bit. It's not so much around about the neighborhood. Yes, it takes on more of a global, international feel. But um, 
it was it was outstanding, you know. But it's Denzel. I would have watched him read that book silently in that cafe for two hours. <laughs> Same with me. <laughs> I it's just you know that's you know something Denzel. about you know something about but in every single there's always been he portrays in almost every role. Uh, what was the one about the uh, the Supreme Court justice being killed? I can't think of it. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I just yeah, I got yeah, whatever yeah. you know the oil yeah, the yeah. oil one. But he always projects. I don't know how he does it. A calmness. Yeah, there's always a calmness to yeah, yeah. the characters that he plays that and, he's able to portray. And confidence. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, confidence, but a yeah. calmness. Yeah, like a confident or. A, a calmness that comes when you have that much confidence. That's why Training Day stood out. Yep. It's because yeah. it was a different yep. kind of character, and, and and you know they got pretty loud toward the end. Pelican it? Brief. Pelican Brief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up following uh, the bottom of uh, the hour, the uh, the banks and uh, then the whole uh, Riley Gaines story, the uh, the, the swimmer who uh, was uh, basically attacked by a mob and had to barricade herself last week at San Francisco State University, just part of her story coming up. You know, just talking about John Wick, though, talking about movies and you yeah. know what people want to see. I mean, you look at it when you have, and I saw in in I guess in in chapter four. You know, of course, Keanu Reeves. Um, oh man, just so sad about Lance uh, Reddick. Dying. Lance Reddick leaves a huge void. Man, I I'm mean, his you. death is oh. is uh, so sad. Yeah, he's just uh, he's just so great in that. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is just. I mean, I just love his <laughs> character, and of course, the great Ian McShane. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, those. I mean, what great characters are are in there yeah people want look people don't want to be lectured right people don't it's like in your entertainment you don't want to be lectured no i don't want to be lectured right sometimes i want to watch a documentary other times i don't right well and that's it and you know that type of content is something that you see more and more where like if you go to all the different content that's out there right now but especially youtube where you have these amateurs who have this content and, you know, it's not an agenda. It just has, all right, mm-hmm. it's a how-to yeah. or it's, yep. here's my experience in my day and what I do for a living or whatever. And it's simple. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you choose if you can't listen live overnight. All right, so we know the story of, uh, of uh, Riley Gaines, a uh, college swimmer, uh, and uh, she had to go up against 
the biological man, transgender woman, uh, Leah Thomas. And uh, she finally, after her career was done, said, OK, I'm going to I'm I'm going to fight this. And that's what she is doing. She went to San Francisco State University uh, last week and let her tell you the story of what happened. But the first question she was asked when she was on Newsmax was about, you know, people having their freedom of speech. Of course, we have the right to protest. And of course, we have the freedom of speech. It's the beauty of America. Um, I had many protesters who sat in the room um, and were very civil and we had great dialogue throughout the speech. And I appreciated that a ton. Um, They still had signs. They still had their flags. And that was exercising your right to protest. But when I was ambushed, that mob, that was taking it further than protesting. That was resorting to violence, both verbally and physically, to prove your point. And that's because they don't have any sort of um, other way to debate what I'm saying. They know they don't have science on their side, and so that's why they resort to that violence. You know, Riley, I can't help but think your story this week was so diminished by many in the mainstream media. You know, if this was a group of conservative women chasing a, a trans person who was speaking at that university, you can only imagine the outcry that we would be hearing day in and day out from uh, other networks. Why is it different when someone like you speaks up who's just talking about how women like yourself want to have the right to compete against other women in sports without men inserting themselves? Why has this become such a complicated issue for people to understand? You know, this is a question that boggles me. Um, clearly, even the police, the campus police who were supposed to be um, protecting me, they were scared to ass- uh, be assertive in any form of way because they didn't want to be seen as transphobic or racist or anything other than an ally to the LGBTQ community, which put them um, in a position where they weren't properly executing their job. And so people would rather virtue signal. They would rather be seen as inclusive and kind and accepting and all of these things. But you're exactly right. If this was turned around, we would have the press secretary of the Biden administration standing up on a podium and um, advising people to fight back. I mean, that's exactly what she said this week. They'll fight back. Um, Will you be pursuing legal uh, charges against these folks? Uh, You know, this university didn't protect you. Uh, These folks physically harass you. Uh, What's next for you? Will you be seeking justice in a courtroom? I will. Um, I was held against my will for three hours. They were demanding money from me if I wanted to make it home safely. That is extortion. That is kidnapping. That is holding someone for ransom. Um, And it was baffling that the police were not able to, in this three hours, allow me to safely exit the building. It was baffling that the the dean of, or yeah, sorry, the dean of students was there and did nothing. Um, I will be pursuing legal action. You know, the uh, one thing that she had said, and I'm, I'm glad she said it because it's something that you and I've been talking about for years, Eric, and that is the reason that the liberal transgender activist movement, you're now seeing the violence uh, come out. The, the intimidation has always been there. We go back to, and that was years ago. How many years ago was the Dr. Drew thing with uh, Ben Shapiro? Well, it was back when Dr. Drew had his show on um, Headline News okay. on uh, CNN, right. what so, was Headline News before. So uh, uh, a few years ago mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, he was threatened with uh, violence from the uh, the transgender uh, a woman. And, you know, she's absolutely right when, you know, because we've been stating it for years. The the left, especially right now, it is, it is we're in the age of rage. Everything is rage yeah. because, as she said, as uh, uh, Raleigh said there, they can't win on the merits 
of their debate. Right. They can't right. win on science, and right. so they just rage. They rage. They rage against concepts that are not true and things that are impossible. And they feel that if they can, we've seen it in the reparations, for example. We've seen it on gun control. Gun control today, or we rage. Well, how do we keep kids how do we keep kids safe? Maybe we should have police officers. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to discuss it. It's either do the impossible now, because if you on the left for some reason that is beyond me, if you promote that you are for the impossible and the impossible must be done right now, you for some reason hold yourself in a higher moral category than anybody else. Yes. Yeah. And that just yeah. uh, blows my mind. She is asked the question, this was on Newsmax, so she was asked the question whether she feels that, you know, there's more support behind her now. Uh, finally, Riley, is the tide starting to turn on all of this? I mean, are people starting, starting to finally understand? I mean, folks like you, you know, you were a college girl who just wanted to swim uh, against other women to see how the best you could be. Uh, and then you have men who are trying to come in and usurp, you know, titles from that you've worked your entire life for. Are you starting to see uh, any kind of cultural shift? Are we are we at least getting to an edge where we can start to see maybe down the road people come to their senses on all of this? Absolutely eyes are being opened and it's because of events like the other day they're seeing how the opposing side to this reacts um the violence that they're using they're seeing that um our side is um rooted in sanity rooted in common sense rooted in science people i think initially a year ago two years ago when this all started coming to light they saw it on a one-off basis but now they're seeing how this is harmful specifically to women and children yeah there you go Yep. About time. And, and yeah, yeah. If, if we, you can ask us here at Red Eye, we've been talking about this for over a decade when nobody else was talking about yep. it. Yep. And oh, we, it goes and, way back. And we, we predicted, uh, and we don't make, we don't like to make a lot of predictions, but this wasn't hard. Uh, and we had, uh, we had stated a long, long time ago that, uh, if this, uh, continues, that, uh, the women's rights movement would be destroyed. Wow. And we never thought, though, the women's rights movement and that Gloria Steinem would give up and put up the white flag when men decided to define women. That's really the incredible thing. When you think about it, Eric, 25 years ago, the women's rights movement in this country, which Mm -hmm. you mentioned doing a talk show. Yeah, right. The women's rights movement in this country is going to be destroyed by men who wish to define women, demand to defy women, and the women's right movement will cower in fear. And the men will define a woman uh, as being a man because a man thinks so, and women will no longer have to have vaginas. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if you said that 25 years ago? My gosh. You said this is what the women's rights movement will be destroyed by men yes. who wish to be women and wish to define the definition of a woman. And some women will support that. Oh, yeah, that's why the women's rights group great, fell apart, right. great deal of women's support for men destroying the women's movement. Gloria Steinem will betray all women. 
by wow. stating the man. That's insane to think about. The man should compete against women because the man says so. And if the man says so, women, especially liberal women, liberal women, because that's that was the liberal feminist movement in this country. Ah, uh, yes. Liberal feminist must submit to the man because the man says so. Here's a question. By the way, that sort of blows their abortion argument, doesn't it? Yeah. It's my body. No, no, yeah. it's my body too, because I say it is. Right. What about that aforementioned uh, new TV series, A League of Their Own? Nope. Any biological men playing on that team? Yeah, maybe. That's right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> that would totally negate the entire basis of that show, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> That sort of fills everything we've talked about this hour. <laughs> a league of their own is transphobic. <laughs> well, if they, do they have any trans characters on the show? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie or the show. So I would have to find out. I would have to do some research. I'd have to care enough to do some research. Uh, let me uh, Let me say it accurately. And I don't. But if you don't, then you're transphobic. And you can't say that. You can't say that. No, 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 no. If the man comes in and says, I want a place on the team. Okay, Rosie O'Donnell guest stars on the new show as a cross-dressing owner of an underground gay bar. Okay, all right. I don't know by their definition what cross-dressing is these days. Cross-dressing is not transgenderism. no. No. It's not, but I don't know what it is. Oh, we you haven't been given the definition this week. Exactly. Okay. The left hasn't. We're behind on the definitions because we don't know if the left has changed the definitions. In right. Week. Exactly. I still think the most amazing thing about this whole thing was that um, just a few years ago, remember, you'd sit there and say, you cannot be a biological man and just because you say so mm-hmm. that it makes you a biological woman. And remember mm-hmm. the rage? Right. Gender is in sex. Remember that? Yeah, right. And we didn't see that there was never a change in the official rule book, but all of a sudden gender became sex as we always said it was. So we were right in the very beginning where we said there's a little difference between gender and sex. And we were eviscerated saying, yes, there was. And I remember going, you know, looking and going back to the original definition of gender in the 50s and 60s and 70s, and then finding out, well, it was in the late 70s when the liberal transgender activist movement actually started and wished to separate gender from sex in order to open the door to get in. Mm-hmm. And once they got in, it was like, oh, no, gender is sex. Yeah. Now, nobody debate, and there was never a day that the switch happened. All of a sudden, one day, it's like, well, wait a minute, if you want to play against women, that means you believe by, oh, so biologically now, mm-hmm. there's no you don't separate gender from sex anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I just wish you would have updated me in the rule book. Right. That's all we ask. Just give us yeah. an update. Yeah, that's fair. Right. And I, I know so. though, but if you want an update, remember though, as the professor from Berkeley told Senator Hawley, mm. if you ask the question, just asking the if question. you're asking the question, when this is new to me, what is this all? That's transphobic. So how am I supposed to learn that? You're and, not, and, and, and the fact that you want to learn is transphobic. And you're inciting violence by asking mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. 
Up is down. Down is up. Yep. <laughs> left is right. Right is left. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Crowley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Let's go to Anthony in Pittsburgh. Anthony, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Anthony. Hello. Yes, Riley Gaines was here at the University of Pittsburgh recently, as was another conservative speaker, and one more coming up uh, next week or the week after. And uh, they've been having lots of protests over at the Pitt campus. Uh, they even shut down the streets one day. Yet uh, Dylan Mulvaney spoke here last week. And um, no conservatives protested or threw anything at him or something, anything like that. And you've mentioned it, and others have probably noticed how the tolerance and acceptance seems to only go one way. You know, you make a great point. I got to find the story. You just reminded me of a story I saw yesterday, and it was uh, this woman comedian. And I don't; she was like sixty years old. I I didn't recognize her name, Mm. but she said we're really sick and tired of the wokeness. And she, you know, talked about clubs now basically having standards that there's certain things you can't talk about. And then she said, but it goes both ways because there are there are conservatives that are against the LGBTQ. And I went, wait a minute. I don't know any club, any club ever that would. There's a difference between somebody maybe being offended by your comedy. But her point was comedy clubs now are censoring and. That's not the same thing as somebody in your audience not liking you. I don't know one comedy club that has ever stated that if you talk about particular topics that may have a conservative, uh, or excuse me, that would have a liberal bent, that you couldn't go on stage. It's right. only one way. Oh yeah, it's only it's yeah. only one way there. Right, right. So that you make you make a great point when you're saying we're not. But we said before, I don't want to shut the other side up. Thanks, That's Anthony. the last thing I'd ever want to do. No. We no. want them to be able to talk. It's only understand, Riley said it, we've said it, if you've listened to this show for the longest time, they're in the age of rage because you rage when you can't debate. It's that simple. Yep. They know they can't win the argument. Everything is about creating rage. Everything is to get the public off the topics. The Trump prosecutions about that. Biden inviting the the uh, uh, the members of the Tennessee House, former members (laughs) of the Tennessee House to the White House is simply to rage about democracy ending when it's actually those two representatives that were attempting to stall democracy. Right. Yep. Everything is about rage because they can't argue it. So if we can rage and change the topic or deflect it elsewhere, then we don't have to talk about the actual issue. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. So I found the article I was looking for uh, okay. from our last caller who was talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, for example, Raleigh Gaines and, and uh, the left, the liberal transgender activist movement and trying to shut her up or intimidate her, right. assault her, barricade her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, do whatever at San Francisco State University. And by the way, you saw that the university came out and said, oh, you know, Thanks for everybody coming out and keeping it peaceful and everything else. And she's just, she's livid about that. But uh, then he was talking about Dylan uh, Mulvaney, who was uh, up in Pittsburgh, our last caller from Pittsburgh. He said nobody was up protesting that at all. And, well, that's because 99.9% of the censoring is coming from the left towards the right. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying 99.9 because maybe there's someone out there who's trying to do it. But it's very, very small. And if it was in existence, you'd hear it. Right. Yeah. But, so I, I read this. Uh, this is the New York Times. It was Judy Gold, the comedian Judy Gold. Yeah. Who says, comedians are in a precarious situation right now. She said, Judy Gold is horrified by how comedians are being treated right now. The stand-up comic veteran interviewed young comedians for her current off-Broadway show. Yes, I can say that and was shocked to discover that they are being censored. They told me that in order to get stage time in certain clubs, mostly in Brooklyn, they are not allowed to broach certain topics or use certain phrases, she told page six of the New York Times, and that scares me the most about the future of stand-up. Gold decried social media's tendency to bring up a comedian's joke from 5, 10, or 15 years ago. The world was a different place, and the words have different meanings, she explained. It's like being in a bad relationship where someone is constantly bringing up the uh, blank that you did 10 years ago, but here we are. We are really in a precarious situation. The daytime Emmy winner said comedians are vitally important for democracy because we do speak truth to power. Well, sometimes you do. Uh, Gold added, we do engage with people and connect with people, and some comedy is just silly and funny, but some comedy comedy you get a bonus where it makes you think or makes you see the world through someone else's eyes. Uh, the, uh, The show, yes, I can say that, when they come for the comedians, we are all in trouble, came out in July of 2020 during the pandemic, so it was good timing. In the show, here's now here. This is the important part. Gold is equally critical of both the right and left and the swiftness to judge and condemn. Hmm. We have to listen to the comedian's intent. She said, you don't listen to a word and then decide I'm not listening to the rest of the thought. You're shutting, you're closing, you're putting your hands over your ears. Gold said that some conservatives don't want to hear about LGBTQ people They don't want to hear about black people's problems before noting that some of the left don't want you to hear someone's full thought because a word triggered you. And that's where I said, okay, let's stop here. 
This isn't about people being offended by what you say. No. Your your complaint is about comedy clubs shutting you down. Is she implying that comedy clubs are shutting you down if you have a liberal bent? I would like to know who those comedy clubs are compared to the comedy clubs that are shutting you down if you wish to talk from the conservative point of view or point out what the left is doing. Well, I mean... So here's the thing. And and this is where I, I think a lot of people have learned it. Raleigh Gaines has certainly learned it. Mm-hmm. You can't milk toast this. If you come well, in, as Judy Gold yeah, is doing, and yeah. saying, oh, the problem's on the right and the problem's on the left, the problem is not the right. It's not whether people are offended by what you say. You're going to have in any comedy club, people are going to be offended by what you say. And you know something? Maybe they will be. Maybe they'll prejudge you by one word, or they've heard the line a million times and they know where you're going, uh-huh. or maybe they've listened to your complete sentence and believe, well, you know, comedy has to be based a little bit on reality, and now you're just making stuff up to try to sound funny or to, you know, you're just you're just a bad comedian, and it's written badly. <clears throat> this is about if you're being censored. Tell me what liberal comedians are being censored who are who are woke and will not talk about because, as she said, the the right doesn't want it. Some people on the right don't want to hear about. LGBTQ issues. Well, neither the, that's what's banned from the left. Well, where are these conservative patrons that are lining up in droves and to the point that they're protesting the club owners and driving the club owners to shut liberal comedians down? Right. She can't even tell the full truth. Right. She has to. She's got she to. Needs, well, but what she's doing here is she's trying to disarm what's, what has happened already very clearly with comedians like Dave Chappelle. And where the violence literally came to his stage. Yep. And she's trying to soften it by saying, oh, well, it happens on both sides. Really? I don't buy that. No, you do I. I don't no, buy that no, at all. Well, I know. Well, because I know how concerned I know how we think. The last thing we want to do ever is shut anybody down. I never want to shut anybody down from free speech, because no. I, I I understand the concept of free speech. Mm-hmm. The people can decide. Well, and and I want to see you know I mean if you're a headliner, right now I want to see uh, the the clubs in in Brooklyn. And I want to see that, you know, that rule book, whatever, however they're mm-hmm. uh, telling management or, or whoever they're telling, whoever represents the uh, the comedian. That that this is what we don't want this. And we don't want that. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, I want to see the rule book. Yeah, if, that, if that's happening. We always want to see the rule because book. Because <laughs> it, be, it would be for headliners. Head, headliners often bring their own opener. Uh, sometimes they do, they don't, you know, uh, uh, other times. But it's really then you're talking about the headliners, the people, not somebody who comes up for a slot. 
somebody who's booked mm-hmm. and on the marquee. Right. So tell me who that, and, and she would be one of those people. I mean, she's been around stand up for a while. So she would be, I mean, I don't, I don't know how often she, she is doing clubs or stand up or tours or any of that, but, um, she's definitely up there as a headliner, a solid headliner. Show me that where that's happening. I haven't heard anybody else say that. I haven't seen any other comedian say, well, the problem is, is we can't approach this topic or that topic. Where's that happening? Where are they being shut down? Because, it, it again, otherwise, if you can't demonstrate that clearly, then what it sounds like is that you're trying to disarm what's going on from the left and the left trying to shut down. Dave Chappelle is not a conservative by any stretch. The people that are the comedians that have a problem with the cancel culture, with the mob, I don't know of any of them that have come out where you could go, oh, they're clearly a conservative. No, the mob, the mob, the, the, the comedy mobs are on the left. Right. The censor mobs are on the left. Right. We all know that. Where are the ones that are on the right? Look at the college campuses. Where are the ones that are on the right? When was the last time a liberal speaker compared how many conservative speakers, uh, there have been, as we know, protests and riots about that they shouldn't be speaking. And they're completely and totally mainstream. Right. And compared to, and it, nobody nobody on the right even pays attention if there's somebody liberal. They don't care. Go ahead. Now, somebody may say, okay, the speaker's there. And and maybe you have a couple of protesters outside of it. Here's, but, here's another thing, too. Um, and she knows this. When you're a headliner and you're selling out multiple shows in a weekend, Club owner doesn't care what you're talking about. They don't care. Well, Rogan opened his club because he said there are clubs out there that will censure you. Well, they... they and, unless he's using that just as a publicity stunt. I, you know, I don't... Yeah. I'm Joe Rogan. We don't censor here, and you really don't find it as much in comedy clubs, but Judy Gold says it's happening. I'd oh, like... Oh, show me. No, I would like that, though. Call, call them out. Mm-hmm. Call out the comedy clubs that are censoring. No, I mean, if it is happening, right, the then pub- demonstrate it. The public should know, right? Demonstrate it. Yeah. Name the names. Put it on their ratings. Yep. They censor. Right. They don't want comedians here that are, for that reason. Because here's the thing. Every headliner has his or her following already. That's the whole point. They come built in. with It's, it's not guaranteed. But they often sell out. They're, if they do multiple shows in a weekend... They're probably going to sell out a couple of those shows, if not all of them. And that's what happens right before they move on to uh, larger venues and everything else. And so if they're selling tickets, why would you shut them down? Is it because they're not selling tickets? Because they became a headline? This could be happening. Uh, some of them became a headliner, and then all of a sudden they believe they've got the leverage to come out and, I don't know, talk about this, talk about that, and all of a sudden now they're not selling as many tickets? I don't know. I have no idea. 
But if it is happening, demonstrate it. Yeah. And call call them out. If the comedy clubs are doing it, why don't you call them out? Right. I'd love to see that. Yeah, because I don't know that I buy it from 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 Rogan. I don't know from what I guess perspective or angle he's talking about in, in terms of you know shutting down comedians and telling them they can't talk about censoring comedians. You know, I I don't know the premise. Hey, now, the premise it, of it her article. Be. The premise of her article is about clubs censoring comedians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the content that you can say. And then when she gets down into it later on in the article none of it's about that it's just about well you know there are some people that don't like to hear this and some well, that we're not talking about people well, who may uh, not like to hear and see that's the difference correct. we're talking about comedy if, club censoring if the audience if you're following um louis ck talked recently about he still does this he'll walk into a club unannounced because that's not his audience it's harder to get their laugh if he is on the marquee Tickets go on sale far ahead of time. The people that show up are there to see him. Right. It's harder to get a laugh if you're not, if you just show up on the spot. The point is, is that are you, you know, are these headliners showing up, these people on the marquee, these comedians, are they selling tickets? Are they, it's, is it because yeah. club owners are seeing them and saying, wait a minute, we can't have this uh, woke comedy style. Are they funny? Because, that's what it is. She alludes to that, that the audience doesn't, that, I do believe, and it, it's not whether or not it's conservative or liberal in terms of who's in the audience, it's what they find funny. Well, yeah, because co- comedians bomb all the time. Yep. So if you bomb is, is you know, that's, again, that's not a concern because comedians have always bombed. The concern is, are club owners well, but, censoring but certain Comedy yeah, content. If, but in this case, it would be why they're bombing. If they decide to go woke, well, that's not necessarily right. funny. No, it's not. And it's like we talked about earlier with the movie, A League of Their Own. It was a fun movie in the way it was presented. And it was all about ultimately all of that stuff that was happening, you know, on the field and in the game and everything else. When you take it off into a series on Amazon and then you make it into the about the personal lives of the each of the individuals, you go down more serious roads. Well, wait a minute. That's not the fun presentation that the movie was. Mm-hmm. Expect that there's going to be a different reaction to that. It is about the content and what you what you proactively as that content creator bring to the table. And if you decide you're going to go that uh, um, Seinfeld and Brian Regan had this on, on one of the episodes of comedians in cars getting coffee. They kind of alluded to this of the, some of the young comedians. Because they feel like they need to, right? They need to bring some... They didn't use the word woke, but I will. They needed to bring some of these woke issues to the table. You might... I can't tell you what they laugh at, at you know, uh, in San Francisco or New York City versus Atlanta, Georgia or whatever. But I can tell you that funny is funny. And if the club owners see that as material that's not going to work then maybe there's a reason they say stay away from it uh if they yeah, are saying yeah that. I, I what she's stating is they're saying it because it's they they want the content I understand. censored that's, that's what, that's what i that's what i mean right is that right maybe they're not trying to censor it maybe they're trying to say hey be funny i'm arguing with her 
Oh, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. that's the whole right, point. Okay. All right. I'm arguing with her you know, point. You know, the I, I do understand, though, the old Carson, if they buy the uh, premise, they buy the bit, which, uh, you know, you talk about comedians walking into a club where they're not on the marquee, just walking in to, to do something. Uh, I did stand-up comedy, oh, man, probably for a year, year and a half, uh, in in places where I was well known because I was the morning guy on the radio. Yeah, no, it's every, easy to every, do. When, everybody cause, laughed because nobody's there to. The, they didn't pay to see you. Right. The first time I went to another city and just yeah. walked in. Yeah. On a, I just happened to be visiting. I walked in to a you know Thursday night open mic, bombed bigger than anyone. Had, no, not really because I I listened to the comedian stories. I probably didn't bomb bigger than anybody else, but I bombed big time, right. big time. Nobody. Right. Nobody knew who I was. Nothing was funny. Right, right. <laughs> Eight six six ninety red eye Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA safety, compliance, and enforcement program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Uh, coming up, uh, U.S. banks lending slumps to the most on record the last couple of weeks of uh, March. We'll get to uh, that. Oh man, I want to see this. I want to see the peer review on this. Climate change adding fifty home runs a year to Major League Baseball. <laughs> oh man, I. I I picked the wrong time to quit Major League Baseball. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I mean, I just <clears throat> yeah, okay. Uh, I, I'm you know I, I'll read the headline and yeah. maybe maybe we'll do the story, but I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait till uh, Bjorn Lomberg or somebody gets on that and goes. Yeah. Uh, let's that, actually check this study. Yeah, exactly. Only two hosts in America that know specifically which room the elephant is in. 
Red <laughs> Eye Radio. Oh, yeah. 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. So I was just uh, thinking here, because it was, it was big news here the other day, because it was just so bizarre. But actually, it's about the NBA that I really don't pay any attention to. But I couldn't help this story, the the whole Dallas Mavericks tanking the other night. Hmm. That they, uh, you know, they still were mathematically eligible, you know, possible to get into a playoff spot, to get in the play-in spot, as they call mm-hmm. it, one-game play-in. Mm. And they sat all their good players. And Jason Kidd, the coach, he didn't use the word tank, but it's what he said. His words said the same thing, that we tried not to win. And I guess the NBA is investigating. At the end of the game, they showed Saw the video of it. They, they the, the Mavs missed the, the the a shot, and it means they're you know they were going to lose. And the camera goes to Cuban. He's got like a Grinch kind of smile on his face. It's a you know trying to get a better you know draft, right? You know, dra- draft position, whatever. So yeah. they tanked on purpose. And again, I mean, I, I could care less. Except the one thing I was thinking of in in contractual law. Could you as could you as a fan, especially have, a season ticket holder, could you have a could you have a lawsuit? I mean, I you know it's you're not you know you're when you make it so blatant that you're not going to try to win and people pay. Forget about the playoffs. You know, hey, you can do whatever you want. Those are their own rules. I'm talking about the thing that I thought about was the contract between. Uh, the contract between the you're the ticket holder and the team hmm. that must there be and I guess there isn't a contractual agreement that we will try to win <clears throat> now maybe some contracts are just so self-evident that you don't buy a ticket to see your team lose unless you're a Washington Generals fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I mean, but I just, that's the thing I thought of. I go, wow, I wonder, you know, because most teams, when they tank, don't admit it. No, you know? but, if, but you, if you listen to this and Coach basically saying, look, this came from above my head. Yeah, it came above my it head. It wasn't my decision. And sometimes you have to take a step backwards right. in order to do better in the future, which means you're tanking. You're tanking. <laughs> well, and, and there it is. You know, the fans show up. They want you to give it. Or let them know ahead of time. Hey, some of those tickets courtside are two thousand bucks, maybe even more. Wow, two thousand three hundred bucks. Wow, you're not you're talking about a lot of money. Some of these people paid, and it was it was just a complete tank. Wow, yeah, um, that's the grievance I would have if I were a ticket holder, especially a season ticket holder, where you say, look. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm I got to I gotta see. Was it was it at home? Mm. I got to see if it was at home. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was. Was it a home game? That's what I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to see here. Okay, it looks like it was. All right. Hmm. Okay. Because that's important. If it was a home game. Yeah, because right. it was a away game. Then right. you're making the other team happy, <laughs> yeah, right? But but still the same. You're actually no, giving no, a bonus. No, but doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a difference because there's an expectation that you know you bought tickets to you know you you bought you buy tickets to see your team win. 
and 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 get into the playoffs, and that's the whole point. If they're mathematically eliminated, well, then then yeah, you well, can sit there and, and try the new players for next year or whatever. There's a lot of money in professional sports, including all the organizations that pay money to be a part of that team, not just the NBA, but the yeah, team. It was at and home. it's and its presentation. That's why it is frowned upon, of course. The league wants you to go out there and try. Imagine that. Yeah. I just thought that was, I mean, I just, I was laughing. I was just like, and and it's like, what? I mean, I couldn't believe it was so blatant that, you know, it, <laughs> Jason Kidd threw Mark Cuban under the bus. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my decision. Talk to Mark. Yeah. Um. And and I would love to know. I I don't know. Has there been a Mark Cuban uh, interview since then? I haven't. I don't even know. I just. I, I would think that yeah. that would rise to the surface. Yeah, he's probably avoiding. Yeah, probably <laughs> shouldn't talk. <laughs> talk to my lawyer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I would love to hear the answers to the questions. You know, you may you may disagree with the NBA that you. Uh, and, and Mark Cuban may feel that it's okay to tank in order to build the team for long term. Mm-hmm. It's not the way it works. Well, I mean, it it does if you're out of the playoffs. If you don't have, if you're mathematically don't eliminated, risk the injuries, right? If you're if you are eliminated, but they still had a chance is the point. Right. Well, or if you know you have a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Then right. you, you can sit, you know, okay, we've got the playoff spot no, that yes, we want. Same, same, same and, and, and we yeah. don't care whether we win or lose at this point. Right. But when you still are fighting for a playoff spot and you need to win to, you know, because you're still mathematically okay, so there, into it, that's, so there, that's the difference. Okay, so there's the question. Can he come back with his defense and say, long term, to preserve the health of the players, not just this season, but next season too, why would I risk my starters and injuries long-term that could end a career when I can bench them now because we're not going to get through the playoffs. Well, I don't know if you want to try to sell that publicly, but they mm-hmm. sort of already have sold that publicly. I think they so did. Yeah. <laughs> it's already happened. I mean, he's already sold it. But I, I, that was my favorite is watching Jason, Jason Kidd. I'm like, my God, I can't believe he's yeah. throwing Cuban yeah. under the bus. Right. This is just awesome to uh, to watch. And I really don't care because I don't pay attention to the NBA. I just thought it was an interesting story. And 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 I just had not ever seen such an uh, – I've never, ever seen – maybe it's happened before, mm. but I've never seen such an obvious admission by a coach that we tanked tonight and it was upper management that told me to do it, the I, people above me to do it. I've never – not yeah. while you're still – you know – in the playoff hunt that I've right. never seen before. I I don't think he had a choice at that point. Because otherwise the decision is on your shoulders and the NBA is, is looking at coming you. Coming at you coming after you, right. You know, exactly. so I don't I think the coach right. probably in public had to say, Hey, it wasn't me. Not my choice to do this. <laughs> and it could be knowing Mark Cuban, he could have told the coach, Hey, at the presser, you tell him it was me. <laughs> We're going to make it really obvious. Knowing, knowing Mark Cuban, yeah. yeah, 
Make sure everybody knows this is my decision. Let them come at me. I just love this headline. Mark Cuban tries to hide smile after Mav successfully tanked. <laughs> Didn't seem like to me he was trying to hide it. It was, it was like it was it was like the it was it was like the Grinch after he got all the presents. Just yeah. was that ear kind, to ear. Was that kind of a Grinch smile. <laughs> yeah. No joke. No joke. It's like. Well, I guess people, what, a couple of people asked me, what do you think? And I went, I, I'm, I wonder about the contract that a ticket holder has, or if you just got, I got the ticket because I wanted to go see the Mavs, hopefully get into the playoffs, and I paid 150 bucks for the, what, they're, they're tanking on purpose? Right. Do do I deserve to get a, re, contractually, can I get a refund? Mm. Is a team, and I don't know what the answer is, is a team obligated by you purchasing a contract uh are they contractually obligated to try to win? Probably not. Probably not. You're only paying to go see the game. Well, because there the st- are different reasons as to, and yeah. we, I think we lined those out, as to why they would sit there. Right. Starters, you you just set right. them down and then. Well, no, for example, does anybody really go to the Dallas Cowboys game to see them win, or is it just to, to socialize? No, it's to watch the uh, press conference with Jerry after. <laughs> You know, I mean, do they go to see the Sabres or the Bills win? No, they still buy the tickets. No, then from Buffalo, they want they want you to win. Yeah, you know, but they don't go there expecting you to win. (laughs) See, there's the difference, I guess. Well, no, now they do. The Bills, yeah, they do. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Now they do. Yeah, okay. They have they have for 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 17 years in a row. You might have made an argument there, but yeah, not the last few. Mm-hmm. But no, that's a it's it's a great it's a great that's the kind of sports story I like. Right? <laughs> what? What do you mean? What do you mean? The coach said, <laughs> "Well, he didn't use the word tank." But and one of my buddies told me that goes, "He didn't use the word tank." He goes, "Have you seen Jason Kidd's press conference?" I went, "No." He goes, "He basically all admit he basically <laughs> he didn't say the word tank, but he said no. He pretty much said he it. said we tanked. Yeah, yeah. Without using the word tank, without well, using the T word." You know, we want to do what's right for the team long term. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> he should have thrown in the whole thing of, you know, I mean, very clear about, no, this is just preserving the team injury-wise. It has nothing to do with the draft. Meanwhile, in climate change sports news. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting. You knew it was I, I'm, I'm waiting for one of the... the uh, uh, the climate change researchers like uh, Bjorn Lundberg or Michael Schellenberger to look at this one. Yeah, climate change is making major league sluggers even even into hotter hitters, according uh, or sending an extra fifty or so home runs a year over the fence, as a new study found. Hotter, thinner air that allows balls to fly farther contributed a tiny bit to the surge in home runs since 2010, according to statistical analysis by Dartmouth College scientists published in Friday's Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society. They analyzed 100,000 major league games and more than 200,000 balls put into play in the last few years, along with weather conditions, stadium, and other factors. Global warming is juicing home runs in major league baseball, said the study co-founder Justin uh, uh, Mankin, a Dartmouth climate scientist. Now, the reason it stinks, number one, is it's the beginning of baseball season, so they're trying to relate it in pop culture, climate change, any way that they can. Right. No, yeah. Number number two, they're saying since 2010, how much has temperatures gone up between 2010 and now? 
And by the way, have there been a hundred thousand major league games between now between twenty ten and now? Yeah. How many games? That's a hundred. That's a lot. Mm. Uh, and and to uh, you're talking about what what has if it's increased? What has it increased? Point zero one degree in thirteen years? Yeah, you're not talking about forty or fifty years ago. And so you're telling me you know the swirling winds inside the stadium. <laughs> Or the lack of winds, because as it gets warmer many times, when you don't have that, when you don't have the spring and fall in the summertime, you can have, at times, completely dead wind. Or you can have swirling wind. Did you look at each aspect of every single game? What about the design of new stadiums? How many new stadiums that have new design? uh, and The new stadiums to keep the wind out. Right. So so the, the fans are more comfortable in the modern stadiums of today. Right. I mean, there's so much here that you can look at that that you could drive a truck, mm-hmm. you know, through this that I can't wait. I know there'll be an analysis. National Review or somebody will do get their scientists to look at it and go, well, come on, this is bogus. Yeah. Because I saw that and went, well, this is beginning of baseball season. We need to relate. Then again, that might be a pro-climate change. We have more home runs. So let's make it hotter. Right. It makes baseball a more exciting game. Exactly. Now, get out there and run your lawnmower. Now, did climate change make the Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, tank the other night? Yeah, I think so. 866 90 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 866 90 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. This is really interesting um, because I, I never even knew where to get this figure before. Hmm. But the story out the other day, property taxes levied on single-family homes in the United States increased 3.6% to $339.8 billion in 2022. According to a new report from a real estate firm, that's up from $328 billion in 2021 so it's a 3.6% increase is what they have mm. said mm. uh the 2022 increase was more than double the 1.6% growth from 2021 but smaller than the average 5.4% increase in 2020 well that's cuz at that point as we know houses were skyrocketing yeah right in uh, in in evaluation the report also shows that the average tax on single family homes in the United States increased 3% in 2022 to $3,900. Now, I'm assuming when they say property tax, do they mean property and school taxes? Is that total? I'm guessing they mean total. Yeah, because it's funny because it's not separated here. I I get a property tax bill. It is in Mm -hmm. other states Mm -hmm. where I say, no, you're not paying that much. I go, what are you paying? It's like 3,000. They go, now my school taxes. I go, oh, we count both here. Yeah, right. So. This is Red Eye Radio 
on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.